everyone, it's Carol, and welcome to Speakerman Speaks Retail, where we navigate retail from now to next through my latest retail trajectories and interviews with experts who help us chart the course, always with tactics and takeaways for wherever you play in retail. Tis the season when retail watchers around the world attempt to read the tea leaves to figure out how the retail home stretch is going to play out. I've been speaking with a lot of reporters and industry leaders, appearing on podcasts and webinars, and cooking up video content to talk about all the action. All of this heats up this time of year, and I love it because everybody's looking at it from a different angle, so I get to cover a lot of ground in a really short period of time. So today, I'm going to do a lightning round on all the action and the buzzy topics that bubbled up over the past couple of weeks. As usual, some topics came up over and over again. But being the dot connector that I am, I really love how so many of these stories end up linking together, even when they don't seem to be related. Speaking of links, I'm going to put links to the interviews and appearances that sparked today's episode in the show notes. That way you can do a deeper dive on what interests you the most. Last week, I made an appearance on Sean Caleb's show on China Global Television, or CGTN. He wanted to talk about consumer spending for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and separately how small businesses might fare during the holiday shopping season. Well, let's look at the numbers. Adobe Analytics reported that Black Friday spending hit $9.12 billion. That's up 2.3% year over year. Cyber Monday sales raked in $11.3 billion, which was an increase of 5.8%. According to a just-released survey from NRF and Prosper, we had single-digit increases in the number of consumers who shopped over the Black Friday weekend, and store traffic was up a whopping 17% from last year. Online shopping was up too, but it was a more modest 2%. And Small Business Saturday had a nice uptick too. But here's the thing. You'll hear Black Friday and Cyber Monday referred to as events. But these have turned into multi-day or even multi-week promotional marathons punctuated by events. So we're not talking about one-day achievements. This really is a cumulative story that continues to unfold. And we're not going to know the full story till after the first of the year. That's particularly true this year because, as I told Reuters, shoppers' budgets have been challenged by inflation. And they're waiting out the season looking for deeper discounts. And with retailers starting to pull out all the stops as early as October, spending may have just shifted to being earlier, but not necessarily represent an overall increase at the end of the day. In the meantime, lots of factors are converging that might weigh down results, even if sales are up by the high single digits that the NRF is predicting. You've got inflation on the consumer side, but also inventory pileups, spending slowdowns in those higher margin discretionary categories, and dramatic increases in retail theft and organized crime on the retailer side. I took on that last topic as a separate issue in my latest video for market scale, so we'll talk more about that in a minute. As usual, some retailers will just do better than others, so overall sales predictions don't tell the full story. On the bright side, retailers know that multi-channel shoppers are their very best customers. So the fact that both in-store and online shopping were up sends a really nice signal because when both are firing, it's something to celebrate. And the jump in in in-store shopping is super positive because that's where the impulse shopping and aisle crossing happens. On that note, I give the edge to highly diversified retailers, those that sell multiple categories and that have expanded into new business models like healthcare and advertising. They've just got more room to move and groove. And I also like where off-price retailers like TJX are sitting right now. They really are a triple threat. They've got category diversification that allows shoppers to get more done in a single trip, 
They've got impulse merchandising down to a science, and those constant shipments throughout the week bring on the newness. But on the other hand, my forecast that resale apparel would take a dip is already happening. ThreadUp, the big guy in the room, has reduced its sales outlook, and it's really no wonder because they're getting hit from all sides. Faster, cheaper fashion disruptors like Shein nipping on the low end, and everyone else slashing prices up the ladder rungs from good to better to best. So there was room for everybody for a hot minute until that ladder collapsed, and now everyone's duking it out for discounts. On the small business front, I was asked to join Podium's Industry Dive webinar as a subject matter expert on how small businesses can slay the holidays. Small businesses have a real advantage right now because localization, personalization, and convenience are what set them apart. If nothing else, small businesses can win just through contrast. Plenty of shoppers don't like traversing football field-sized stores to get what they need, and not everyone's crazy about the increased automation and self-service that's being integrated into these bigger stores. Plus, the barrage of promotions that are going on right now can have a numbing effect. Everyone loves a deal, but constant ads and texts, emails, and so on can create confusion and fatigue. So zigging while everyone else is zagging is still a viable strategy for small businesses. I talked about managing the spectrum from high-touch to high-tech with several outlets. That's really what all of this is about, and it boils down to choice. Shoppers want options, and small businesses aren't exempt from that. The good news is there are all kinds of solution providers out there, like Podium, like Brand Crush, who we spoke to a couple of episodes ago, that provide solutions to small, medium, and large retail businesses. As I told CGTV, small businesses can tap into these tools while holding on to the advantages that they have over big retailers inherently. Let's circle back to one profit drain that I mentioned a minute ago. It's been on the scene forever, but it's gaining attention and unfortunately momentum. I'm talking about shrinkage. That's a retail term that covers everything from shoplifting to dishonest employees, vendor fraud, and administrative errors. But more specifically, I zeroed in on theft from organized crime. We touched on this in the Rethink Retail Small Group Mixer that I hosted on Walmart and Target's third quarter results, and I took it on more in depth in my latest Quick Take video for market scale. All major retailers deal with this, but Target put a number on it, $400 million in lost sales in Q3. Now, according to a National Retail Federation survey, retailers saw a 26.5% increase in organized retail crime incidents in 2021. So we're not talking about petty theft here. These are organized mobs that descend on stores loading up laundry bags with all kinds of merchandise. You can't expect store associates to police these situations. Sometimes you can't even expect the police to do it because they often don't have the bandwidth and different jurisdictions have completely different rules. It really is fascinating to dig into this world and see how just one big box retailer or a handful of dollar stores can sap law enforcement resources from communities. The big takeaway is that legislation hasn't caught up with retail reality, particularly when it comes to regulating the online marketplaces where the stolen goods are sold. More retailers will have to invest in advanced technology to take a bite out of crime in 2023, if only because the cost of not doing it's become so glaring. Every single profit point matters these days. I shared some of my hottest retail trajectories on the Rethink Productivity podcast. Everything Simon and I talked about really did roll up to retailers driving more productivity out of their platforms. 
Diversifying into solutions and services, leaning into partnerships to expand into new capabilities, creating new formats that resonate with specific consumers. Diversify or die continues to be my power trajectory going into 2023. I spoke with the Star Tribune about must-have gifts for the holidays. You know, the ones that pop up every year and that drive those store stampedes on Black Friday? Except this year, there really aren't any that stand out. And I think it's a good thing because that gives retailers the flexibility to define gift-giving opportunities across multiple categories. Retailers and brands also benefit from having a more dispersed demand pattern. It can be exciting when everyone's competing to win on a handful of items, but it also creates chaos and disappointment. Far better for retailers to control the narrative. As retailers hone their data and pricing capabilities, promotions can drive holiday store traffic even better than must-have items anyway. From there, retailers can tailor promotions to drive traffic to more profitable categories. We're hearing a lot about all the challenges retailers and consumers are facing this year, but there are also a lot of levers that brands and retailers can pull. We covered a lot of ground, and that's just the topics that surfaced over the past couple of weeks. I've got several more events and a slew of media contributions and appearances coming up, so we'll keep tracking the action. Thank you for listening in today. I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, ideas, or stories to share. You can ping me at carol at speakermanretail.com or hit my site at speakermanretail.com to check out more insights, subscribe to my updates, and get the latest on events and other happenings. And if you like what you're hearing, please do like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.